Super Talk Mississippi media production. In the Mississippi Legislature, Senate Bill 2145 funds health care for illegal immigrants. Call your legislator today at 601-359-3770. Ask them to stop Senate Bill 2145. It's not too late. You can help stop this. Paid for by Building America's Future. This is Gerard Gibbert, and thank you for listening to Middays here on Super Talk Mississippi. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. Morning, everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbard, and I am live on location at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson today. A rhino, toasty warm back there in the Super Talk studios. It is a Friday, y'all. Yes, it is, and it would be the last Friday before Christmas. Christmas falling on a Sunday, a couple of days away. And Christmas Eve on a Saturday this year. I've heard some of the retailers, uh, Rhino, discuss that that's not a good thing for them because many of them uh, are going to be closing early, as as well they should, for Christmas Eve. And to allow their families to go home and celebrate the holiday and Christmas Eve. But they lose a, a sales day. So thinking about the business side of things. On the program today, we've got Steve Azar coming up in the next segment. Steve, of course, host of In a Mississippi Minute, and he's going to be working around the clock this Christmas. He'll be listening. Uh, he will be working with Santa around the clock. Uh, a Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar returns here on Super Talk Mississippi starting today after middays at 1 p.m. Steve will play hours and hours of Christmas classics and tunes from Mississippi artists plus Christmas memories from Steve's celebrity friends. And uh, on Super Talk TV, you can enjoy the music while the Yule Log roars in the background. Yule Log actually sounds pretty good today, Rhino. It is cold out there. We Just could dream up. <laughs> we could dream up a number of metaphors to describe the conditions. But dang, it is cold, and the wind is blowing briskly. It started last night. The temperature began to drop. The wind blowing through. I woke up this morning, exited the driveway, and there was lots of just tree debris, you know, limbs and pie cones and stuff like that that were uh, close to falling on their own, but the wind sort of accelerated that a bit. Enjoyed a little breakfast this morning with some friends at Calmain Foods. They uh, hosted their annual omelet breakfast. Imagine that. They were serving eggs out there at Calmain. <laughs> And that was always uh, always fun, always a good event on a day or two before Christmas. But 
Walking in and out of the building from the parking lot was rather brutal with that wind whipping around and the temperatures incredibly cold. So yesterday I told you that we were going to do our dead level best to focus on positive topics and commentary as we are just a couple of days away from Christmas, but also said that we had to follow up on what uh, the fate of this omnibus spending bill would be, knowing that a vote would likely occur in the United States Senate after the show yesterday. And indeed it did. It passed. Uh, 70 to 29, I believe, was the final vote tabulation. That included a number of Republican senators who did support the bill, voted in favor of it, and that, uh, 18 to be exact, that includes Mississippi's Senator Roger Wicker. He voted yay, did support in favor of the bill. Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith was a nay, voted against the bill. Again, 18 senators were yeas, and that would include Roy Blunt retiring from the state of Missouri, Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney. It's the same names, honestly. Jim Menahoff also from Oklahoma retiring. Susan Collins from Maine, who really is, if there was ever an appropriate uh, way to personify the term rhino, it would be her. But honestly, folks, that's the best you could do, I believe, in the state of Maine. Shelley Capito from West Virginia. Of course, Mitch McConnell. I was really surprised Tom Cotton of Arkansas, also down. Rob Portman, retiring from Ohio. You see the trend there though folks that like we have been discussing on the program these folks that these senators that are on their way out that are retiring scorched earth man yeah let it rip let me get all that pork i can to feather my nest the others that who are not retiring i think that's just totally out of deference to minority leader mitch mcconnell who is uh whipping them into supporting it because he does and in fact He's taking victory laps, as we discussed. He said, yeah, we we got everything we wanted in this deal. It's just incredible that he would even uh, say that. He said, this week, uh, pretty proud. Pretty proud is uh, his exact terminology. That's a quote, direct quote. Pretty proud of the $1.8 trillion omnibus the Senate passed Thursday since the GOP was able to, quote, achieve essentially all of our priorities. What are those priorities? Are those priorities this $17 billion of pork? And we uh, shared some of that with you the other day, some of the, some of the pork. I also did a little more digging, Rhino, to find some of the more obscure pork in the bill. But the, the big cultural cause now that the Democrats are just... Uh, shifting money to and and just absolutely writing checks like there ain't no tomorrow is all this gender stuff. That's front and center now. All the pork projects, the number 
that go to these radical gender causes is absolutely stunning. 105000 for a mentoring program for LGBTQ youth at Big Brothers Big Sisters of Greater Pittsburgh. Uh, 500000 to Long Island Gay and Lesbian Youth. $1,200,000 for centers to support LGBT students in San Diego. 113000 to the LGBT Center of Greater Reading, Pennsylvania for, quote, wraparound services and support for at-risk youth. Five hundred and twenty-three grand for Compass LGBTQ Youth and Family Services in Lake Worth Beach, Florida. Eight hundred and fifty-six thousand for quote facilities and equipment at New York's LGBT Center. A million five hundred thousand for the Loft LGBTQ Plus Community Center New Home Project in New York. Seven hundred fifty thousand for New York-based In Our Own Voices, which aims to quote strengthen the voices of LGBT people of color and increase their capacity, in quotes, capacity for combating oppression and marginalization. And also to fund, quote, transitional housing and services. Just incredible. $250,000 to support WISE, I don't even know what that is, WISE, First in the Nation Gay Rights Law, 1982 Book and Archive. Just all sorts of stuff, all sorts of climate junk, a million three for workforce development activities at a climate change education center in Los Angeles, three million for clean energy workforce development. What is clean energy workforce development? Like learn how to install solar panels? On and on and on. Uh, All the port, all for climate change, but most of it uh, going to uh, LGBTQ plus causes, if you could call them that, we are absolutely being overrun. We are being guided, steered, controlled by gender ideology in this country. And look no further, folks, than the United States Marine Corps, which is strongly considering banning the use of the words sir and ma'am. So they don't, it, it, so it's, uh, it's protocol in the U.S. Marines for a subordinate to refer to a superior officer by the term, sir or ma'am, depending on if it's a male or a female. Well, to avoid any possible misgendering of superiors, Marines are now urged to stop calling instructors sir and ma'am and to be more gender inclusive. No more yes, sir. No more yes, ma'am. And by the way, this was based on you ready for this? A recommendation from a $2 million report commissioned by the Corps. The report was produced by the University of Pittsburgh. Rhino, it's 738 pages. Why do you need 738 pages to study the use of the terms sir and ma'am in the Marine Corps? So they say that employing gender-neutral identifiers eliminates the possibility of misgendering drill instructors, like all two, maybe, in the entire Marine Corps? If this ain't the tail wagging the dog, I don't know what in the heck is. Folks, we're at a break right here. When we return, it is uh, Steve Azar. He's going to talk about his his Christmas show that's going to be going on all weekend. Stay with us. If you got pneumonia and die, 
get over that old doubt. Baby, it's cold. Baby, it's cold outside. Tom Jackson, 97.3. Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. It's going to be a catfish Christmas. Santa's on the lake. He's trading his whip off fishing pole and a giant boat for his sleigh. With a red life jacket and a tackle box, he's bringing his ice chest bill to the top. It's going to be a catfish Christmas. Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi live from Carter Jewelers downtown Jackson on a frigid Friday. It is joining us now, Steve Azar, host of In a Mississippi Minute, musician, Mississippi's music and cultural ambassador. My friend Steve, how are you this morning, sir? Merry Christmas there, Gerard. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas to you. So, you're getting all set here. As soon as we exit the air, you're going to be working around the clock this Christmas, and Santa's going to be listening to you because it's a Mississippi Christmas with Steve Hazar. Tell us about that. Year, year five, I think, if I'm not mistaken. You know, the years go by so fast these days. <laughs> yes, uh, but, yes. But, but looking forward to it. We start at 1 o'clock today, and we're going to take you on what, you know, it's it's a combination of our fearless producer, Will, uh, and myself. <laughs> but but we, we early on a, a number of years ago, we talked about what would be a great celebration of Christmas. A lot of times you get one genre of music, and you're sort of, that's it. You know, you go listen to a playlist, that's it. But our playlist yeah. is the classics from all genres, generations, and, of course, okay. a lot of Mississippi. So you're going to hear a lot of Elvis because you have to. BB uh, King, uh, the list goes on and on. But at the same time, we're going to you know we're going to celebrate it uh, Mississippi style. And uh, yeah. looking forward to start at one o'clock today and go all the way to midnight at Christmas. This is the longest time that y'all have locked me up in the studio, so I won't be able to be with my family. So it's, it's a part of it. Uh, I don't know who's working harder this Christmas, you or Santa. <laughs> no, I tell you, I tell you, it's, but it's fun, and, and uh, I love it every year when we discuss, are we going to do it? And the answer has been yes, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. So I, I love being yeah. part of everybody's Christmas in Mississippi that listens and tunes in, and uh, obviously grateful for uh, folks doing that, doing so. Uh, Steve, it's it's really incredible when you think about it, just how much fabulous Christmas music uh, has been produced, created by Mississippi artists. Sure, yeah. I mean, I'm limited to my Catfish Christmas, which you played and Paul played <laughs> yesterday as well. And that's the, you know, for me, I have to be inspired to write, and that was an inspired moment back years ago. Uh, and it represented a lot of things that I grew up around, obviously in the Mississippi yeah. Delta, the catfish industry, uh, my friends. And anyway, the bottom line was, uh, the, so I have been sort of, my arm's been twisted for a number of years, but not quite <laughs> far enough to make my own Christmas record. But, you know, as a songwriter, you sort of, I'd like to write it all, but I mean, there's been just so many great songs written. Why are you going to mess with it? So, uh, but, but yeah, Mississippi, so many great records have been made by the great Mississippi artists of, of 
so many generations back, and we're going to play the fire out of that. And also, uh, you know, your classics like Burl, Burl Ives and, and Andy Williams and uh, Dean Martin. And, I mean, just just so many great classic artists of our time. Uh, and then, you know, a lot of the pop stuff and, and jazz. And our local Eden Brent made a great record down here, uh, really sophisticated She's a great blues icon uh, on a global scale, but she lives down the street. We all grew up playing together, and she's got a great record. So we celebrate our locals as well that deserve it, sure. that, uh, that the world knows, you know, so it's, it's going to be great. Yeah. So, Steve, i got to ask you, obviously you're a very accomplished, very successful uh, musician, artist, musical artist. What what sort of reception do you get when you travel? And I know you've traveled all over the place. As far as their, as far as just the public or random people, or even people in the industry, their understanding of Mississippi's musical heritage and just contribution to the musical arts. Well, so I grew up a big Springsteen, Seeger, and I was fortunate enough to tour. 50 glorious nights with Bob Seger one year on the number one tour in the land on his coattails. But but hmm. the the bottom line, and then Mellencamp and John Denver, anytime they, that they brought you into their world, they let you know what it was about. So the Jersey Shores for Springsteen, Indiana, the, you know, the, the heartlands for, for uh, Seger in Detroit and, and Mellencamp. Uh, John Denver, he, proclaimed the Colorado Rockies as his own. I wanted <laughs> yep. folks to know when I went to their town that they left knowing about Mississippi. It's always been in all my records. Uh, and moving back home allowed me to focus nothing but on Mississippi because I felt like there was so much more to say. But I, I, I had to move back to, uh, to be able to immerse myself into the, into the new so I could tap into the old, if that makes sense, sure. coming full circle. Sure. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I can tell you this. I can tell you this, that the, my most proud moments are on stage are always people knowing that I am from the Mississippi Delta, and I am a Mississippian, and that's what they know. When, when they leave, they get so much of it that they know who we are. And, yeah. you know, that's, that's just part of what I feel like. So when you talk about me being the star and all that, I'm a bit of a butt to be a star. <laughs> but um, but I chose – well, it just – it it fits me better that way. So – and sure, I'm, I'm a mutt, sure. and I love being a mutt, a Mississippi mutt. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is awesome. Well, as as you well know, and and you're fantastic at doing it. We have such a a great story to tell, and and you know sometimes the media and sometimes folks who have never set foot inside our our borders, uh, they kind of have their own misconceptions, honestly, about our state, and they, and they dwell on the negative and they never discuss the positive, sure. which exceedingly outweighs the negative. And it's good folks like you who are who are such valuable ambassadors that tell that story. And I think when people hear it, and in particular when they come here, and I know you've had um, your circle of friends from all over the place come into Mississippi. I get to meet them at your golf tournament every year that, yeah. that haven't been here. Or maybe they've been at your tournament in the past. But in the first time they, they, they enter the state, they're blown away. It's a credit to our people. The way we take care of folks, the way we are authentic and honest, and yeah. the, uh, I can't keep them away once they come. 
So, um, people live in these beautiful places all over the all over our country, uh, places where uh, it looks like paradise. And it's funny that they want to come not only for three days. Uh, Reggie Smith wants to come <laughs> Sunday through Sunday. I mean, the, wow. it, it's, it's a testimony to not not just Gwen and I, but to all the people that we surround ourselves with, and the event that we put on the Delta Soul. It, it allows people to really get to know a taste of, of where I grew up here. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and I want to proclaim that. I never felt compelled to do it in Nashville because Nashville was just Nashville. It's a generic place where yeah. a lot of people come together, and it's awesome. But it's just not Mississippi. And yeah. I, if you're going to invite people to your home, you got to invite them all the way to your home. And that's, that's it's been a great blessing, and I love seeing people react and I expect them to react that way once they taste and touch and hug and feel and experience all that we represent. And it, and it wins every time. It just wins every time. No doubt. So so awesome and, and, and so um, well put there, Steve. Really appreciate that, bringing perspective on that, especially when you talk about Nashville, right? That's the pinnacle for country music. Yeah. It's it's uh, ground zero. It's, it's what all artists in that genre aspire to. But it still ain't home, like you say. No, <laughs> so, no, no. Uh, it's not, oh, and and yeah. Gerard, Gerard, don't forget, the king of rock and roll, the king of the blues, the king of country, all came from this. Unbelievable. So you go Jimmy Rogers, you go B.B. King, and you go Elvis Presley. And then you start feeling in, feeling in all around it, and it never ends. (laughs) It's like it never ends. So um, historically, uh, and then you go Morgan Freeman, who moved back here many, many, before I did, um, who is the most well-known voice and face in all of motion pictures globally. And he lives in Charleston, Mississippi. And and, (laughs) and I love that. I just love it. And, you know, Jim Henson and the Muppets. The greatest, the Muppets are known all over the world. I mean, you can go forever and ever and ever. And it's funny how sometimes the smallest places, quaint places, create the most magical, wildly incredible imagination. And imagination is a a great conduit to to be a believer. And once you connect those two, anything can happen. And that's what's happening for generations. It's a good point. That's just an excellent point. It's all about imagination, and we are just so blessed in this state to have folks like you who just have these uh, outsized imaginations, and and you turn that into uh, artistic works that bring us joy. That's what it's all about. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the program. Love you, brother. uh, Yeah, man, love you too. We look forward to hearing a Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar. Fifth year starts at 1 p.m. today hours and hours of christmas appreciate you doing that again steve merry christmas oh, to I love you, it. Gwen, the merry family christmas to all to all you got it we're coming right back on middays we're at carter jewelers stay with us super talk mississippi Welcome, welcome to our shop on Super Talk Mississippi. Okay, now you have a good one. Before we begin, since this is Aunt Bethany's 80th Christmas, I think she should lead us in the saying of grace. Oh, 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 oh. 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 oh
What, dear? Grace! Grace! She passed away 30 years ago. They want you to say Grace. The blessing. Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands. One nation under God, with liberty and justice for all. Amen. 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 We are back, middays. We're at Carter Jewelers downtown Jackson. Folks pouring in the store this morning, making their selections of some quality jewelry being sold at great deals. And I think there's still the promotion, the vacation promotion going on. We're going to have Jay Lake or Jerry Lake from Carter Jewelers join us in the final segments of each of the three hours, giving us all the scoop on what it's all about here today, but there's a bunch of people coming in here. And every time, Rhino, they open that door, I get a little breath of the fresh air. into the wakes <laughs> you up a little bit, doesn't it? It, it does, into the store. It's just cold, and I, I'm looking at the trees out the window here, and they're moving about uh, quite spryly, so that means the wind is blowing. And it's just cold. But at least it's no precipitation. Now, I have heard of reports of power outages. I don't obviously think that's because of ice or any sort of other precipitation-type weather event. But I think it's just because of the wind, likely, blowing uh, limbs over the power lines, making them fall. I'm I'm thinking that's what's going on, but I've, I've heard of some reports of power outages across the state. Anybody out there listening, watching that knows anything about that in your areas, let us know. I uh, did get a text this morning from our good friend Jeff Smith, says the TVA is sending a message on Facebook. They are commencing rolling blackouts this morning. None should last over 45 minutes. Interesting. Looking at the message says, emergency outage. We are experiencing a widespread rolling outage due to TBA Step 50 emergency load curtailment. Maybe that's because folks are running electric heaters. Think that that's the possible cause, just overloading the system? Yeah, more than likely. Outage re- yeah, that makes sense. Outage reductions will be intermittent. We are working to ensure that no area is without sustained outages. Please continue to be safe as we work to keep power available across the city and our region, and that would be Columbus Light and Water. I think that's their message. So I, I guess it's to be somewhat expected, given the, the uh, unusual weather conditions and situation, 
Anybody out there? Did you lose power by any chance, Rhino? I did not lose any power, and I was actually joking with Perez this morning. I I wasn't all too happy about having to move out of my old place. I was attached to it. I'd been there for over a decade. I enjoyed living there. But I, I am thankful that I did have to move and that I'm in the new place because it's nice to take a shower when it's this cold. <laughs> When the bathroom doesn't share an exterior wall and have a few holes in the insulation. My shower this morning was much warmer than it would have been at the old place. <laughs> ah, it's the little things in life, isn't it? <laughs> That's awesome. So, uh, let's see. Gene in Mendenhall says, out, the power out in Florence on White Road. Appreciate that uh, update, sharing that with us, Gene. I've heard of some other... Uh, anecdotal reports, I guess is the way you would put it, just personal reports. I, I've heard of some possible outages, power outages. Last night I got messages in the Delta area. Some of my hunter friends were up there and talking about that. I don't know about hunting today, huh? That just doesn't seem like that'd be fun to be out in uh, this sort of brisk, bitterly cold and, and strong wind uh, environment. And, and, of course, the winds aren't good as well, right, when you're hunting. Doesn't that, and, and do you think maybe the, the deer, they're bedded down, right? Are they moving, or is this too cold for them? Uh, usually Somebody when it gets be... this cold, they, they tend to batten down the hatches and try to at least find some way to break the wind for them. But there is the old notion that cold weather does make the deer move. Now, you, yeah, you don't want wind that's gusting at 40 miles per hour because... Well, A, that blows your scent all over the place, and unless you've done a really good job of masking it, you're pretty much announcing (laughs) to the whole woods, hey, I'm here. And B, 40-mile-an-hour wind makes a long shot a lot tougher. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Might affect uh, (laughs) uh, an ordinate en route to the target there. On the ceasefire text line, deer are moving from the 662. Okay. Also on the 662, we have a message here that someone shared with us from, looks like from Facebook, the Natchez Trace Electric Power Association. Extreme temperatures are creating increased demand on power today. Well, okay, I think that explains it. That's likely what is causing these uh, rolling blackouts that we just talked about or temporary outages elsewhere. The Tennessee Valley Authority has requested voluntary reduction of non-essential electric use. The Natchez Trace Electric Power Association will be rotating districts. There you go again, and doing 15-minute blackouts to help conserve energy. So pass that on there to you, folks. Appreciate uh, the listener for sharing that announcement with us. Mike and Gulfport says, we on the coast aren't experiencing any power problems, but then again, we are in a heat wave compared to the rest of the state. It's 28 down on the coast. The uh, high here in central Mississippi today, Rhino, I believe, is 24, something like that, in the in the 20s. Yeah, right around high. 24, 25, depending on where you are in the central part of the state. But, yeah, it's, it's a little, little bit chillier the farther north you go. No doubt about it. Andy and Jackson says Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, too, as well, Andy. Appreciate that. David on the ceasefire text line wants to know, can I write a 728-page paper for $2 million bucks? It is in, it's nuts, isn't it? And and I, I just think again about 
the Marine Corps, and I, and I feel for the rank-and-file Marines and all those who absolutely love the Corps, are, are committed to its, uh, it, its protocol, its discipline. It's, it's just such a, a um, highly respected organization. Why are we all wrapped up with these terms? Uh, Rhino, honestly, how many people... Is it possible in the Marine Corps, talking about officers, that a subordinate could misgender? I mean, what is the ch- what are the chances of that? I would say I mean, you're more likely to encounter a situation where you have a female drill instructor and you call her sir than <laughs> right. having a transgender drill instructor that you have to find out their preferred pronoun of the minute. But, yeah, I agree. And wouldn't you think, though, that the sir is probably just habit because most of the drill instructors, I'm speculating, I don't know this for sure, somebody smarter than me may know the actual data, that most are male. And I'm not saying that a female can't be a qualified drill instructor. But if you made the mistake and slipped up, my guess is that happens early on because don't you work with the same DI for an extended period of time when you're going through that part of your development? And that's the problem so, with the tail wagging the dog and with allowing feelings to drive things like this because saying something as a slip out of habit requires no malice, requires no ill will, yet the malice and ill will are assumed and you immediately get offended. Right, exactly. So, in the situation you just you just uh, described, where maybe uh, uh, an enlisted man or woman refers to their DI, who happens to be a female, as sir, just inadvertently, just does it inadvertently. I mean, is that drill instructor? Gonna walk off and cry because they're offended? If that's the case, we got bigger problems in the Marine Corps than we thought. I mean, so they're gonna get wrapped up on words like that. So, okay, they they blew it. Uh, I, I guess you could say temporarily by using the wrong term, the wrong word there. But is that really a big deal? I mean, is that a cause for meltdown? Is that a cause to spend two million dollars on a study to go? change this tradition doesn't make any sense to me this is upside down it's just so maddening we're stepping aside for a break we've got uh, jay lake at carter jewelers joining us next to or it could be jerry don't know just yet but we're going to find out about all the deals and all the jewelry in the store come on down and scoop it up folks coming right back The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. What? 
Nothing. It's a card from my dad. Dear son, happy Festivus. What is Festivus? It's nothing. It's nothing. When George was growing Jerry, up, no. his father no. hated all the commercial and religious aspects of Christmas, yeah. so he made up his own holiday. Oh. Happy Festivus. It's Festivus. When George was growing up, no. his father. It's nothing. It's a stupid holiday my father invented. It, it, it doesn't exist. Happy Festivus, Georgie. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi live from Carter Jewelers downtown Jackson. Joining us now, Jerry Lake. All right, Jerry. I've seen a bunch of people come in here today. You got to be happy about that. You were just thanking somebody walking out for making a purchase. So, yeah, good day. Huh? Yeah, you know what? A, a gorgeous, cool. Uh, Christmas Eve Eve out there. Thankful to be alive. Maybe I'll make it through another Christmas. <laughs> uh, we, we, I actually love this time of the year, but it is it can be a little demanding on me and some of my I'm sure. staff. But uh, hey, let's let's talk to about the, the, your great uh, Super Talk yeah. audience out there. Sure. Yeah, we're we're Carter Jewelers. Our Christmas sale is going on, and and uh, from my perspective. This is the best Christmas sale we've ever had, and I'll I'll tell you why. Okay, it's uh, for starters. Uh, I had a phone call from a buddy that works in the closeout division of the, the largest jewelry manufacturer in the world in their home office in New York, and he told me they were inundated with, uh, with from canceled orders with, with product going into closeout, and he said it's uh, biggest selection that he can remember. You know, it's uh, perhaps since 08 or something. But anyway, uh, he told me to, to head on up there, and so I, I did. And uh, I, that was in the, uh, in the in the summer, late summertime. And then it, the deals were, <laughs> the selection was so much, I couldn't believe it. And uh, I bought what I thought I could afford. And then uh, I got a call from them. They wanted me to come back and give me terms. <laughs> and so. <laughs> <laughs> I went back. I went back in the fall, and and it, they had they had so much jewelry up there. They they was their safe was just bulging over. And anyway, they they're not big on uh, dealing with cl- closeouts to cancellations. But anyway, we we made what I I think was uh, I, I think it was one of the the best purchases uh, I can remember. And I think. Between the two trips and our two stores at retail, it was, uh, I think it was over a million dollars worth of, uh, beautiful, beautiful, all diamond jewelry. Okay. And, uh, we've, we put the last of that out, like, uh, I guess it was maybe a couple of days ago. And that's on top of, uh, what I, I believe, I know is a regional selection that we normally carry. Uh, so, I mean, I, I think selection wise, you're gonna, you're gonna find the best selection, uh, in, I'm told anywhere around, I, I, you know, I hadn't been in all my competitors to really know. But in, anyway, I think I think you're going to like the selection, the, the prices uh, on this stuff we got at a closeout. I mean, if we're selling, we're passing those savings on to our customers at really good deals. You know, we don't we don't collect. Plus, I've got a big bill I got to pay them after Christmas. <laughs> so, 
Well, that's the question. You you pass that on to your customers. I pass it on to our customers, and uh, you know, it, a, a lot of this was jewelry that we've never carried, never seen, and but I, but good stuff. I looked at it closely, and uh, anyway, it's let me tell you, it's gorgeous. Christmas is in a couple of days. A lot of you think, well, you know, I can't afford to buy a, a pretty piece of fine jewelry for whoever the people in your lives that you probably owe that piece of jewelry too but if you come to our sale i think you're gonna i think you're gonna find some th- gorgeous things uh at some at some prices you never expected to to find and and look also I, i'm here you, you if you come in and you don't find something you you think is uh appropriate or the right price or whatever give me your budget I, i'm jerry lake i'm i'm uh i'm here just most of the time particularly uh today and tomorrow this time of the year i'm I'm even working on the floor so i'm the old guy with the (laughs) 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 so so yeah give give me your budget and you know if if there's something we've got here that we uh sometimes if we have to if we have to help somebody out or take a trade in or uh, and we've got we have 12 months interest-free financing and we have no credit check financing, and, and we're, you know, we're we're always taking trade ins. I mean, we deal in jewelry, so I mean, you know, sure. what, if it comes in and and there's whatever value we we uh, can can uh, justify, I mean, we we uh, we take the trade ins, and I, I think I think a lot of the other jewelers thinks that we also pay the most money for like <laughs> street stuff. I call it, but because they sure send them over here. But anyway, I know I'm probably running out of time. I want to, I want to thank all of you Super Talk uh, listeners for shopping with us. I know a, a lot of them come in. They've they've talked to Jordan and and JT and appreciate anyway, you having us. Yeah, it, it's Christmas. We got a great Christmas sale going on. Right. And uh, Merry Christmas to all of you out there. Come see us. We're at the we're at the corner of State and High Street, two blocks. We're from coming the right Capitol. back. We'll talk to you in the next okay. hour. Appreciate okay. it. Okay. All right. Great. Thank Thanks. You. Coming right back, folks. Mm-hmm. Get ready, get ready to go beyond the headlines and join a meaningful conversation with people from around the state. You're listening to Middays with Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. We are back midday, Super Talk Mississippi. We're live today at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. Come on down and see us. Joining us now, Don McVeigh, Mississippi and Louisiana Director for the National Federation of Independent Small Business. Don, how's it going? Hey, good morning. It's going well. It's a beautiful, cold day here in here in Baton Rouge and Everybody's excited about the holiday, it looks like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same deal here, no doubt about it. Speaking of the holiday, I know for many small businesses, particularly in the retail segment, this is their Super Bowl this time of year. Uh, you know, reports indicate that uh, for many, sometimes as much as three-quarters of their total annual revenue is produced during the holiday season. Uh, how's it been going? What, what are you hearing from your members and from small businesses in general about uh, this holiday season? Yeah, we we are hearing that 
it started off slow, um, but seems to be picking up. We heard um, a lot from owners right after, um, right after I guess you know, really probably Small Business Saturday. We were hearing anecdotally a lot of foot traffic, but not a lot of purchases. Um, mm-hmm. But it seems in the past couple weeks that the purchases have picked up with the foot traffic. So that's that's very positive. Um, I think you. You're starting to see that, and that um, you know people are getting in and actually making purchases, which is positive. I guess they were perhaps consumers were waiting on prices to come down um, and that sort of thing, which I wouldn't blame them. But um, but yeah, it looks like it looks like things are are okay right now. Good. So, any particular sectors that stand out is really doing well, or any that uh, seem to be reporting sluggish sales. Well, you know, I mean, the hard part, like, as you mentioned, retail is the Super Bowl for retail segment. But, you know, small businesses uh, in the wholesale, transportation, and construction segments are still struggling uh, mm-hmm. significantly with, uh, you know, labor shortages, which is which ultimately does impact their ability to, you know, to sell. And then, of course, you know, how the supply chain is impacts them whenever they're, you know, especially on the transportation side of getting things in. So I think you still have that. You're, you're still seeing a lot of that. But we're hearing um, from our small business owners that they're so the bright spot, I guess you would say, uh, as we round out the year, is that the gas prices have dropped significantly since the middle of the year. You know, it's been really tough as you kind of had all year kind of escalating cost situation with, you know, the inflation, the challenges with the supply chain, and then the gas prices hitting, you know, over $4 a gallon, you know, and on average in Mississippi. And so it was really, you know, very tough for folks. And now you start to you see that easing. I think gas is about 270 a gallon now. So that's very positive from a small business owner's perspective because it does impact so much of, you know, what they have coming and going and going in and out and all of that. So um, if there's a bright spot, there's that. <laughs> yeah, sure. So is anybody talking about, uh, Don, just the, the, the cost of debt, the cost of borrowing? You know, a lot of businesses, they may not have uh, long-term debt, but that they've used to, say, purchase assets that uh, last a long time, but uh, fixed assets in particular. But a lot of them do rely on financial institutions for working capital, short-term type sure. uh, debt. Working uh, capital, just, just... yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There, I mean, at this point, you know, we have very few members reporting that they have borrowing needs that are unmet so that's very positive i think but you do have you know small businesses do not like to carry debt you know we talked a lot about that you know when mm-hmm. the ppp loans came out we we're like well this you know may not be the right solution it worked out that it was for a lot of folks but because of the way it was structured you know they just can't have that debt on that bottom line because you know you can't predict the future in <laughs> small business and if yeah yeah prove that it's been the past couple of years so we um yeah debt's a big factor when they think about what they're going to do next um so they're not going to pull the trigger on any expansion or anything if they're not getting a good interest rate and you've seen those climbing although i think i think we saw a little bit of a uh decline in mortgage rates just recently right. so it'll be interesting to see how that impacts things um yeah, but the readings that we still are seeing yeah the readings that we're seeing, um, as far as, you know, that's still a net negative on, you know, how small business owners look, look 
see the future, you know, the next four, three to six months, uh, you know, still a recession type reading, you know, which is is unfortunate. But uh, there's still so many indicators that show the economy is slowing. But but the labor demand is still there. And so that's an interesting dynamic in that conversation about recession, that the demand for labor is definitely still there. Uh, I think your, your previous guest talked about he was working the floor on uh, at his own shop. You know, you have, that's what you have happening right now. Owners, managers yeah. uh, spending more time doing the things that they used to have other folks doing. Yeah, so I'm curious about the, the labor situation. Obviously, the last couple of years have been an incredibly tight labor market. This has been top concern and, and challenge for, for most businesses of all sizes. Of course, we got the Fed that has been trying to tamp down inflation, and they've been uh, pursuing this, this hawkish interest rate policy and have done so. And, and honestly, as you well know, their goal is to see unemployment increase. They literally want people to be driven out of a job, to lose their job, so as that uh, there's less disposable income available to go spend, which, uh, of course, is not good for business. It, it's, it's just at odds, honestly, with what makes good sense. Well, I don't. I don't know that anything they do up there makes good sense, um, but, <laughs> but I, could, I could, yeah, I could tell you a lot of people are probably uh, feeling better about the fact that there will likely be gridlock come January one. You know, yeah. whenever the new, not the first, but you know, in January when the new Congress is, is sworn in, I think there'll be a, a little bit of a sigh of relief on the fact that there'll be gridlock, and so that's maybe not necessarily a bad thing in D.C., but, you know, I, I mean, to your point about the worker shortages, it is still there. We've got 40, 44% of, uh, of, our, of our members are reporting that they have job, job openings they can't fill. But I think wow. one of the positive things when we were asking them about the job numbers, um, we had... A net 18% say that they are planning to create new jobs in the next three months. Hmm. And okay. yeah, I, yeah, I thought that was really positive. Um, that's interesting. So yeah. It is. And I think, and that's seasonally adjusted. So it's, you know, I think you've got, you know, if you're looking out past, past this, this final quarter and, and what, what's coming, and there's, there's an opportunity still. But that, like I mentioned uh, before, you know, the, the, the positions are particularly uh, acute in transportation, wholesale, and construction are the yeah. sectors that are really seeing the tightest uh, issues with the labor market. And so, as you can imagine, that all has a ripple effect. Yeah, no doubt. I, I'm just a little surprised to hear it because what, what that actually indicates <laughs> is that the Fed's policies aren't working. I mean, yeah. that's the bottom line is we're not really seeing any major change in inflation. We got the PCE data out this morning, and it was in line with expectations. Uh, n- no really significant indication that inflation is waning, and so that foretells more interest rate hikes. Yeah. No, I mean, the whole idea that it was transitory and that the return, you know, that's what the message was at the beginning of the year is just, you know, Obviously, been proven completely wrong, but also just the fact that you know, I don't know, was this all unpredictable, or you know, did who, who saw it coming? You know, I guess a lot of people might say, you know, when you when the government pushes that much money into the economy, you know, it's to be expected. But um, you know, it, it was kind of, I guess, maybe a little bit of a perfect storm between the 
you know, coming off of COVID, getting getting back open, and then the supply chain challenges yeah. that came out of nowhere, you know, not out of they really weren't out of nowhere, I guess, you know, but, you know, I still yeah. think we're probably yeah. a couple years out from really looking back at all this and really understanding what exactly happened, you know. Oh, I totally agree. So before we go, we got about a minute left. Your thoughts about yeah. this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that passed the Senate's headed to the House, likely to pass to get to the president. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what exactly all is in that bill. I think our team in D.C. is still going through that and trying to understand it um you know there was a lot in there uh and so we need to kind of delve into that more but it'll be interesting to see and we'll certainly be looking into it see where where they're you know if they're if they did pass anything good for small business in there we want to know about it but uh you know really hold hold legislators accountable going into next year if, if there's some bad stuff in there and i think there probably is yeah, I, I think just one of the things is the immediate expensing for uh, corporations is reduced by 100% of that investment. Now it's been reduced to 80% of uh, those dollars invested in capital equipment. But, yeah, uh, well, it's only 4,155 pages, Don. I mean, what's the holdup on your team in <laughs> Washington? The- it's incredible. Well, thanks for coming on. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy holidays to yeah. you and yours, and I'm sure we'll be talking soon. Take care, Dawn, thanks. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Coming right back on Middays from Carter Jewelers. Stay with us. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling. Hit it. Go. Play it. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. exact exchange and nuance of phrase in this ritual is very important. Huh, are you kidding? Stick my tongue to that stupid pole that's dumb. That's because you know it'll stick. You're full of it. Oh, yeah? Yeah! Like double dog dare you! Now it was serious. A double dog dare. What else was left but a triple dare you? And finally, the coup de grace of all dares, the sinister triple really dog dare. I triple dog dare you! Hmm. Schwartz created a slight breach of etiquette by skipping the triple dare and going right for the throat. All right, all right. His lips curled in a defiant sneer. There was no going back now.
Appreciate that, Rhino. So that is a song sent to us by uh, one of our listeners. I believe it's the listener's wife and daughter, if I'm not mistaken. They combine there on that uh, on that tune. It's beautiful. Appreciate that. Thank you for playing it as well, uh, Rhino. Herschel on the ceasefire text line says, A friend of mine just called and he killed a large buck in Jones County 30 minutes ago. That, that buck should have laid low in this weather. Merry Christmas to you both, and thank you for a great show. Appreciate there, that, Herschel. Yeah, it sounds like it. I, I still i am a little surprised that with as cold as it is that the buck was moving around. Interesting. Gene in Mendenhall says it's interesting that Washington didn't pass the bill that would keep Congress from insider trading. That's because Nancy Pelosi... Would not put it on the floor. This is something I just don't get too bent out of shape about, honestly. In reviewing finances, uh, if you do some deep, deep digging on the finances, the personal financial statements is filed by members of Congress. I mean, most of the trades, honestly, are, are in companies that there really is no nothing that would be insider related that would i think prompt them to to buy or sell a particular stock like apple for example i mean those that's a widely held issue that a lot of people trade it's it's not like some obscure company that is uh, in line to receive some sort of huge government contract or be the beneficiary of some giant uh, policy or or significant policy that would either hurt or help the company. Certainly, from an optics perspective, and and just from the perspective of avoiding any such possibilities, I can I can see that, and I could certainly get on board with that, get behind that. But the vast majority of the members of Congress, those that are really wealthy they were wealthy before they got there rick scott from florida tops the list he was worth 250 million dollars before he ever ran for congress and i think dumped about 60 million of his own dough in his senate campaign and 50 or 60 in his campaign for governor of the state of florida uh, i think folks would be surprised if they really took some time to review the the net worth and the financial disclosures from members of congress it's, I just couldn't find anything that says, yeah, that, there's some policy there that these companies benefited from and these members of Congress were aware of it. The public was not, which would, which would be defined, which would define insider and construe, uh, be construed as insider trading. And there's just little of that. Let's be honest. Tell me what policies actually benefit private companies. I mean, it certainly wouldn't be oil and gas companies, and there are lots of trades in in Exxon. Well, heck, the, this administration wants to put them out of business. Exxon is just one of the many oil and gas companies. There's plenty of other public companies in that sector, in that industry. But, and a lot of members of Congress trade that. Why are they doing that when you got a when you got a president and a, and a Democrat party that wants to run the fossil fuels industry into the ground, literally, out of business? Uh, as an example, uh, they're just—I don't see too many policies uh, increasing taxes, 
uh, if you knew that they were going to increase taxes, I guess maybe you'd trade down, you'd sell stocks, liquidate stocks, because you thought they would uh, fare worse in a higher taxation environment. I mean, I guess so. But it wasn't like that was private information, confidential information. The Democrats have made it clear their affinity for raising taxes for quite some time. I mean, that's front and center in their agenda. So you knew about that long before uh, you were ever seated in Congress if you're going to trade on that basis with that. So just very few, if any, positive policies. Maybe you're investing in solar panel companies because uh, Congress uh, enacts these tax credits for the purchase of solar panels, but I don't think that's really causing people to run out and buy solar panels or electric vehicles or electric water heaters or appliances or upgrade their electrical panels. If you think about all the companies involved in the production of of those goods and installation of those products. It's just, it's. I don't think it's as what it once was when these folks in Congress had all this this exposure to all this information that the general public did not. I, I just think times have changed, and there's almost nothing is secret anymore. And uh, and the, in both parties really have made it very clear uh, where they stand from a policy perspective. Although I'm pretty confused about the Republicans in the Senate. I don't know what the heck they stand for, at least those uh, 18 that supported this gigantic monstrosity omnibus spending bill. Uh, if, if there was ever an appropriate application of the term rhino it would be to this these 18 and i don't ever use the term i don't i don't really think it serves any purpose i don't see it as being productive i know a lot of people tend to dwell on it and that's fine but in in this particular case i think it applies i think what's really more important is that mitch mcconnell is the leader of the republican conference in the u.s senate he needs to tell us exactly what Republicans stand for because when he's taking victory laps and Rhino, I think I may even sent you a really short clip when he was announcing the uh, the imminent passing of the omnibus bill and his, his take on it. And it's just crazy that he could with a straight face. Yeah, here we go. So, admittedly, I'm pretty proud of the fact that with a Democratic president, a Democratic House, and a Democratic Senate, we were able to achieve, through this omnibus spending bill, essentially all of our priorities. Providing assistance for the Ukrainians to defeat the Russians, that's the number one priority for the United States right now, according to most Republicans. That's sort of how we see the challenges confronting uh, the country at the moment. Wow. Mitch, you're going to have to find me those Republicans. You're saying most Republicans believe sending money to Ukraine to fight Russia is their top priority? And therefore you made it your top priority? And you're taking victory laps on that? Well, in fact, it's the Democrats that have championed that cause more than anything. Look no further than when uh, Zelensky uh, addressed the joint session earlier this week. I mean, if there's one thing it seems like both parties could rally around, it seems to be support for Ukraine. In fact, 
they finally found a flag they can all agree on. It's the Ukrainian flag, because they sure as hell don't agree on the American flag. They, they demonize and vilify this country, but yet they uh, they all stand up. They're applauding this guy like he's some sort of hero. And the media, I'll tell you about it when we come back after the break here. You can't believe uh, the equivocation the media is making with respect to Zelensky. We'll discuss that on the other side of the break on Middays. We're at Carter Jewelers. Mississippi. I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. The ball closes in 10 minutes, all right? So now's the time to hustle. Not sure what to get that hard-to-shop-for special someone for Christmas? Rest assured, they'll be very surprised with the Scary Gary Jack in the Box. It's sculpted to perfection with a salt and pepper 70s mustache and the smell of stale cigarettes. It's the Scary Gary Jack in the Box. And it'll set the mood ablaze while scaring the mess out of you. Hey, y'all. Wow, guess what I've always wanted. The Scary Gary Jack in the Box. Brought to you by the National Keychain and Phone Holster Association. <laughs> oh, he just stepped outside, Rhino. <laughs> if he were in, I'd have put the headset on him to hear that one. <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh, gosh. I appreciate that, Rhino. That was well done. A little Christmas humor. Scary Gary. All right, so in the last segment, we're at Carter Jewelers, by the way, in downtown Jackson. The selection is huge here, folks, and the deals are great. The jewelry is flying out the door, folks coming in making their selections, walking out happy with a smile on their face. So Vladimir Zelensky addresses the joint session of Congress. I didn't know this, but I'm looking at a photo as the Ukrainian president is standing in the well there at the podium addressing the joint session, flanked by Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi and Vice President Kamala Harris. And he has just signed off, just completed his address in this photo and is about to turn, pivot, and walk uh, off away from the podium. And they are hoisting... A Ukrainian flag, they being Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi, hoisting, looks like a 8 by 4 or so, Ukrainian flag. It looks like it's been signed and uh, with a marker pen, right, a black marker pen. 
I guess by members of Congress. I can't really tell. Like it, no, the it was not it was enough. presented to Congress. It was signed by soldiers fighting on the front lines. Okay, thank you for explaining that. I, I wasn't aware, but they're hoisting it. If you see the photo, dare they ever hoist an American flag? Seriously, all they do is trounce this country and belittle it and demean it and condemn it. Oh, but Ukraine, with this inspirational speech delivered by Vladimir Zelensky, who is being compared to Winston Churchill. The media is fawning, the left-wing media is fawning all over this guy. They're starstruck by him. And... They're all, you know, they all seem to trade these talking points, Rhino. It, it appears they like, okay, this is what we're going to, how we're going to describe it. We're going to equate him to uh, Winston Churchill. And just across the board, they all invoke, well, it's Winston Churchill. Well, Zelensky's the next Winston Churchill. No, he's not. Not even remotely close. What he is, is a peddler. He's just, he's a phony in my view. He's a salesperson. And he comes to this country, he awes our Congress, including Republicans, and they complicitly sign up for more money. Here you go there, Vladimir, have at it. Again, the problem is, and I know we have, uh, I have a text here, I'm going to see if I can find it uh, from, yeah, here we go. From this, on the ceasefire text line, yesterday said I disagree with you on funding the Ukrainian war. We are weakening an adversary at a fraction of the cost without our blood. If the use of the Patriot system destroys any fourth or fifth generation fighters, the second and third order effect of that multiplies our investment significantly. Today says, I heard you read my comment yesterday, which I did, but didn't have time to respond. We can't clearly define an objective without geopolitical ramifications. The truth is we are fighting a proxy war against Russia through Ukraine and can't publicly state that. Also can't hide behind a humanitarian argument because it wouldn't make sense. Well, why wouldn't it make sense? And secondly, okay, you're saying that we're fighting a proxy war against Russia. When do we declare victory? When is that mission complete? When are we done? Nobody can tell me that. And and what I believe is being said here is that we can't disclose that because that might have negative, I'm assuming, geopolitical ramifications. Well, I'm not buying that. I'm not for just having a blank checkbook that's ready to uh, issue money and assets to Ukraine without knowing exactly what it is we're trying to accomplish. And this is what's frustrated Americans for decades is that we get involved in these conflicts either directly or financially but we don't really have a clear set of objectives what is it here and when why can we not get an accounting of how those investments are made now before this bill passes that that the senate just approved it's got whatever it is, $45 billion more of funding in it for Ukraine, which Mitch McConnell, you just heard in that clip, is lauding, praising, celebrating. He's euphoric. We got it. It's the number one priority. That's what Republicans are saying. No, they're not. Mitch, you're out in left field, dude. Uh, you're not getting it. It's extremely frustrating. So he feels like that because he got that funding, 
which the Democrats are on board with, he concedes to them to pass this $1.7 trillion boondoggle, $200 billion than last year, while Americans across the board are expressing their concerns and are being crushed by record inflation. And you're exacerbating it by injecting more money into the economy, not to mention this litany of woke pet pet pork projects that are seem to be going to all these gender organizations. I didn't know he had so many. What are they doing exactly? I mean, like, what what is all this stuff? What is that money achieving with all this gender stuff that, Rhino, as you have pointed out, really only impacts a small fraction of the population? Why is why are all the earmarks going to such a small fraction of the population? It makes no sense. None. Sam from Mount Herman says. The reason that why enlisted personnel would call a female drill instructor sir, they will sometimes call a male instructor sir, is because they are of a higher rank. We had the same thing happen when I was at boot camp in the 70s, and we definitely did not have any female instructors. Well, I'm not exactly sure what your point is, Sam. I just find it ludicrous that the United States Marine Corps spends $2 million on the university at, uh, with the University of Pittsburgh to produce a, a 730-page analysis of the terms, uh, terms sir and ma'am, and uh, their their uh, justification or their recommendation on changing that that time-tested tradition. I just can't see how that's possibly causing a problem and, and more importantly, interfering with the stated legacy mission of the United States Marine Corps, which honestly is to kill the enemy. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Did I, did I miss something there? Am I, am I misunderstanding what the purpose of the military is? Hopefully it's to deter any such aggression by uh, this country's enemies so that they don't have to. But we certainly don't seem to be achieving that mission, in my view, when we're all tied up with all this kind of crap like we can't use sir and ma'am. That just makes no sense to me. I assure you, if you inadvertently called a female drill instructor sir, you would only make that mistake one time, <laughs> says someone on the ceasefire text line. I believe that to be the case as well. Uh, let's see what else we have here. Darren and Jackson says, do these morons know exactly how many products are made from petroleum, not just fuel? No, I don't think they think about that. I, I, I just think it's a virtuous cause. It's just it's that pomposity. It's that superiority complex. I'm better than you because I care more about the environment. That's why I'm going to kill these fossil fuels. Jeez. Okay, you know it's cold when you actually see cows standing around a fire that somebody's burning off a pile of old timber. No doubt about that. Absolutely no doubt about that. Mitch has lost his mind, says Jeff, talking about Mitch McConnell. Jason says, 
Uh, it'll be bass fishing weather by New Year's. I saw that. It's supposed to really flip around and even approach the low 70s, high 60s, certainly in central Mississippi, and I think across most of the state it's going to warm up after a few days of this brutal cold weather. Gee whiz. David says, I'd love to see his personal bank account balance. Are you talking about Mitch there, uh, David? Uh, you know, there's no doubt that uh, he's independently wealthy. His wife's independently wealthy. I think they have used their power and their and their their name and their fame to their benefit uh, more so than just insider trading. He just needs to go, in my view. This is the last straw for me supporting this omnibus bill. We're stepping aside for a break on middays, where Carter Jewelers Jay or Jerry Lake will join us when we return. Stay with us. It's so awesome. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Come on, let's get on with the show. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi live from Carter Jewelers, downtown Jackson. Jerry Lake with Carter Jewelers joining us again in the Elma Wealth Studios. All right, Jerry, I've seen folks coming in, steady stream of them today. <laughs> Got to be happy about that, man. Yeah, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I guess this is probably about 150 years of uh, hopefully happy customers uh, shopping at, at Carter Jewelers. But uh, we've got a Christmas sale going on, and uh, I, I can tell you it's a great one. It's a beautiful day out there. It's just a little chilly. And we got, uh, you know, we got a whole parking lot here, front door parking. And if our if our parking lot's full, we've got a uh, somebody outside. He's directing you right next door where we have uh, parking uh, access there. But uh, uh, you know, one of the reasons this is, I think, one of the very best sales we've ever had is uh, we we were fortunate enough to have been. Uh, uh, we got. Introduced to like a lot of actually, they were closeouts from the biggest diamond jewelry manufacturer in the world. They have a big corporate office up in New York, and a buddy of mine works in closeout. He said they were getting a lot of canceled orders, and he said, uh, he said, there's more gorgeous brand new stuff in closeout than he's ever seen. And he said, you need to come on up. And so, you know, I did. I went up there, and uh, just before the jewelry show, and it was. It was some of the prettiest, best deals, you know, based on current market conditions that I had uh, I'd, I'd found this almost forever. So you shipped and, it back. And so, yeah, anyway, yeah, they shipped it to the store. And I went to the, directly out to the jewelry show in Las Vegas. And I, when I was out there, I was, you know, I was, my regular vendors and people, I was seeing stuff that is costing me double and more than double what I, you know, I just, I just purchased there. And mm-hmm. they're, actually, their they're big corporate office is in Secaucus, right there, kind of next to New York. Yeah, in but, New uh, Jersey. In New Jersey, mm-hmm. right. And so, uh, anyway, I, and I, I, my buddy up there, he called me again. He said, you know, he said, Will, I got you a bunch of extra terms, too. We cover you through 
you know, you can pay us a bunch back in Christmas. He said, you ought to come back. He said, we just, you know, we, I, they had diamond stud earrings, solitaires, things that you normally never get out of closeout. So I went back the second time, and, you know, we got two stores. So I think between the two stores, and uh, it was at retail, it was two, the two stores and the two trips, about a million dollars uh, worth of gorgeous jewelry. We're, we're passing those savings on to our customer. We have, a, you know, a lot of the... A lot of the bills from that is due like uh, at the end of January. So, but and let me tell you something. For our customers out there, you're going to get uh, as far as the jewelry sale goes. Uh, and, and we've marked our regular stuff down even more because we just we're trying to sell, move a lot of product uh, to keep our inventory kind of within halfway close to where it needs to be. But it, let me tell you, Christmas is in a, and. Uh, you, you, a couple of days, and there's a lot of you out there. I know you you, you got people, you, or, or maybe a person, it could be you, a piece of fine jewelry, too, and you think you can't afford it. I promise you, come to Carter Jewels Christmas Sale, and, and most of what we specialize in is diamond jewelry. Uh, I promise you, if, if you don't see what you want, you see me. I'm, I'm Jerry Lake. I'm the old guy with the red tie on, and... Uh, <laughs> I'll find you something nice in your budget. It'll be gift wrapped, and uh, also spend over a thousand dollars. And we're giving uh, we're giving a, 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 a trip for two, and hotel accommodations to your, to your choice of Las Vegas or Orlando, Florida. And if you bought airplane tickets lately, uh, this is a, an unbelievable deal. And then, then you're going to get a gorgeous piece of jewelry. You stand a chance of maybe making somebody happy for a little while. <laughs> More than a little while, I think. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> but uh, it's uh, most of the jewelry we've got. Uh, it's uh, it's a quality where that they, they're going to whoever you give it to or, or yourself. You know, you you you're likely to get compliments for the rest of your life, and it's good enough quality. You could you can. Hand it or pass it down to your loved ones uh, or their loved ones at, at a later time. And I know that they kind of give me only so much time here. Also, I want to tell you real quick, we got 12 months interest-free financing and no credit check financing. We're taking trade-ins. Uh, it's I have, We have another store in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, at the Pemberton Plaza. Uh, great, great store. Unbelievable staff over there. We are, we're downtown two blocks from the Capitol, uh, downtown Jackson at the corner of State and High Street. And, uh, you know, we, you're going to find, if there's a better selection than what we've got in the region, uh, particularly with all this added diamond jewelry that we bought, I, I don't know who it would be. And, and you're going to find, and look, if, if I need to tweak a price or help you or trade in or whatever, you know, we're going to try to do what we can. And uh, we got a lot of jewelry to move, and it's Christmas. Come see us. Carter Jewelers Christmas Sale. You, you, you're not going to, yeah, I think it's as good as jewelry sales are. It's about as good as they get. They're about to run me off. All right. Merry Christmas. Appreciate it, Jerry. Uh-huh. Merry Christmas. Thank you. We'll talk to you in about an hour. We'll step aside for a break right here from the Element Well Studios at Carter Jewelers today, downtown Jackson. Stay with us. So you go. And now, and now, another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Begin your transition now. Now on Super Talk Mississippi. Well, I love you. 
Welcome back, everyone. Hour three of middays on this Friday, y'all. The one uh, two days before Christmas. Christmas Eve Eve, as they say. And it's a cold one as a monster cold front. What did we call it yesterday? A bomb cyclone. Isn't that what it's called? Oh, Move yeah. through. Elliot for short. Across the, <laughs> Elliot <laughs> uh, swept across the country. And uh, you seen the flight cancellations today, right? Yeah. It's like, to, like 2,100 or something just today. Uh, for airplanes not fly. And then a number of delays. And I really hate it. Folks are stranded that are seeking to travel for the holidays to be with their families. I certainly hope all that gets sorted out. But nobody is saying... Okay, yeah, this is when we can expect that uh, things will return to normal operations. Uh, the airlines have been hesitant to provide any concrete indication of that to date. So we'll see where all that goes. It's um, it, unprecedented that I can recall that we've had anything uh, quite like that. I know when I left the house this morning, the thermostat and the inside um thermostat that also displays the outside temperature said 14 that's pretty dang cold and when you lap onto that a brisk wind i'm sure the wind chill below freezing or excuse me below zero you think did we have uh, some wind chills reported below zero in the state considering the wind chill in central mississippi is low single digits like where i'm sitting right now is three I'm pretty sure okay. we've gotten below zero north of here. Yeah, that would make sense. Agree. So uh, I noticed that my inside water was flowing without problem, but uh, I did attempt to use an ex- ex- um, exterior, I'll call it, sink in, on, on a porch, and it did not work. No water flowed when I turned it on. So the inside's fine, the outside. Fortunately, I really don't have the need for that water outside. I was rinsing something off that I can that don't really need. It's not important at this point. I don't intend to run the irrigation system. That's not a problem. And, in fact, just moving a bit of the limb debris out of my yard this morning, I stepped on the lawn, and grass was breaking. It was it was crunching. It uh, did not sound like the typical sort of soft uh, grass that you would expect when you step on turf. Not like that at all. So this guy Zelensky comes over here and pitches the United States Congress on more money, more money, more money, more money. And members of Congress fawning all over him, rising in applause numerous times. Well, It turns out that some weren't so happy, some in the media, with the reaction, or shall we say non-reaction, from some of the members of Congress seated in the House chamber during Mr. Zelensky's speech. So NBC News presidential historian Michael Beschloss, also a contributor to PBS, he tweeted, quote, would like to know who in the House chamber is refusing to clap for Zelensky. Oh, gosh. He also had an observation about House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy. He said, quote, did Kevin McCarthy applaud Zelensky? Important to know. It's important to know whether or not Kevin McCarthy 
an American member of the House of the U.S. House of Representatives, he should be compelled to clap for a foreigner. I don't care who he is or what he's doing to clap. How many members of Congress refuse to attend tonight's speech because they do not support Zelensky's Ukraine? Important to know this and why, he wrote in another tweet. Why? Why is it important to know that? Why is that even your business? So you revere the president of another, of a foreign nation. You're more concerned about that. I wonder if he was around when Nancy Pelosi ripped Donald Trump's State of the Union address up. Did he tweet then? Did he, wanted to, did he want to know why the Speaker of the House was so disrespectful in the chamber? This is upside down. Why, is, why are people in this country so obsessed and so in, insistent on elevating the, the stature of foreigners and foreign nations in criticizing, condemning, calling out, demeaning this nation. That that's I think is upside down is this high degree of focus we now have on radical gender ideology to the point where to me it's just crazy the spending bill has just got a litany, a plethora of specific spending earmarks that go to all these various gender causes. I guess if you could call them a cause. I think it's just I think it's just cronyism is all it is. It's just dumping money into these organizations. It honestly would not exist were it not for the federal taxpayer. I don't know exactly what it is they purport to produce to achieve and how that improves society. But I think most people are worried about the cost of living. Uh, poll after poll certainly suggests that. I don't really think they're as concerned about their federal government uh, engaging in all this social activism, which is exactly what's happening here. And uh, it's disturbing that 18 Republicans signed on to this, including Mississippi's Senator Roger Wicker as well. That's, that's, that's just problematic. Darren in Jackson says, to cover up the fraud being committed, remember Hunter Biden spent a lot of time in the Ukraine. I really don't think that's the case. I, I know that sounds logical. I don't think it's the case. If there weren't a Hunter Biden laptop, I think we'd have the same reaction. I think we'd have the same focus. It, it, it's, it's like there is, is some deliberate effort to elevate Zelensky over in Ukraine over this country. And it's not like he's pure, perfect, nor is his nation. And I just don't, don't get it. So there was uh, someone else I'm looking for here that talked about I asked, I asked when, when is the war over? You know, when can we declare victory if, if we're essentially uh, funding this effort for Ukraine to defeat the Russians? I can't find it now, but it's on the ceasefire text line and basically said, well, it, it, it comes when 
uh, Russia ceases its effort to annex Ukraine. Well, but be more specific. Does that mean all the troops withdraw? There's no more military activity, no more bombing, uh, no more ammunitions, no more shelling. And then if they do that, which I think is highly unlikely, I think that's the fundamental problem here. I just feel like this is one of those deals where it, it turns into a protracted Vietnam and there's just no victory, there's no end game, there's no mission accomplished. It just really feels like that. How many members of Congress skipped the President's State of the Union address? Number one was Benny Thompson. I wasn't aware of that. I assume we're talking about when Donald Trump was President. Are you aware of that, Rhino? I'm, I'm not saying it didn't happen. I, I just don't remember that being a news item that Benny Thompson was not present at the State of the Union address. But I, but I agree. If we're going to call out... Yeah, there were, Congress, I think, 10 or 11 House Democrats that just didn't go out of protest. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't remember the mainstream media and, and left-wing pundits. I certainly don't remember them calling attention to that. If they, if they did, I missed it. But they seem to be at least this this guy from uh, the NBC presidential historian Beshloff. He seems to be intent on and, and not a, not just intent demanding demanding uh, uh, Kevin McCarthy. Important to know whether or not he applauded Zelensky or any members of Congress who refused to clap for Zelensky. I mean, does that not sound does that not sound a bit dictatorial, I mean, Nazi fascism, and I hate to toss those words around so casually, but isn't that what they do in those countries? You know, North Korea comes to mind, you know, you get out of line, you don't, you don't uh, fawn, praise, worship, adore, clap, whatever other gestures you got to do when the... Uh, when the president walks by there, the dictator, the communist dictator, I mean, off with your head, right? Isn't that the kind of stuff they do in those sorts of authoritarian regime-controlled nations? Yep. Not in the United States. We don't do that here. We don't do that. You know what? If you want to miss the State of the Union address, fine. That's on you. You're foolish for doing it, but I don't think you should be punished for it. I don't think you should be called out and ridiculed for it and just noted it. But, man, when it comes to this guy Zelensky showing up, off with your head. You didn't clap. We're stepping aside for a break in the Element Well Studios down at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson today. Now back to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome, newcomers. <laughs> the tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. You, Kroger, my son tells me your company stinks. Oh, God. Boy, you'll get yours in a minute. Kroger, you couldn't smooth a silk sheet if you had a hot date with a babe. I lost my train of thought. Frank, no offense, but this holiday's a little out there. You, you can't go. Who's going to do the feats of strength? How about George?
back, everyone. The Element Well Studios positioned today at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. So on the C Spire text line, have you called out our two Mississippi senators for voting for the bill? Let's, let's be perfectly clear about this, folks. This is really important. Of our two senators, one supported and voted yay in support of the bill. That would be Senator Roger Wicker. Senator Sidney Hyde-Smith was a nay, did not support the bill. So I disagree with the senator's vote. Senator Wicker, I, I disagree with every person, honestly, who supported this bill. This is a terrible bill. It is bad for this country. It is kicking the can down the road. It is not addressing Americans' priority concerns of inflation and what I think is going to be a tumultuous economy going into the first half of 2023. Uh, Crime, the border, I think all of those are top of mind, top priorities for Americans, certainly sitting in this chair and interacting with so many people in Mississippi across the state. I I can certainly say that that is the case in Mississippi. In this case, I do not think that Senator Wicker's vote is congruent with that of the majority of Mississippians. I think this is one of the things that frustrates voters is we, we work like crazy to get them elected and we get them in office. And in the case of the U.S. Senate, a monumental effort to try to flip the Senate, fell short of that, obviously. But what good does that do when even those that uh, were seated into office and were elected don't vote in accordance with the views and the positions of their constituents? And I think this is, seriously, I think this is a stark example of that. When you just heard Mitch McConnell on our air here, his little press conference where he's at the podium flanked by the other senators that were in his court in support of this bill who who come out and uh, he comes out and says yeah this is we got everything we wanted here i'm i'm really happy about our achievements i just can't even fathom how someone in his position can consider passing a bill laden with so much pork passing a bill that obviously supports and hands to the Democrats their wish list and at the same token ensures that we're going to produce a $1.2 trillion deficit, how that can be considered a victory. I can't, I can't fathom it. Brian and Madison says, have you read the bill? I have uh, scanned it. It's 4,155 pages. I have looked through it. And uh, and some of the things that we've shared on the program, Brian, are a result of, of scanning that bill. It's only it's only been available for review for three days at this point. So no, I can't read quite that fast. Forty one hundred fifty five pages. I've probably read more of it than maybe every single person in the Senate, which is sad because I'm not voting on it. I'm not a member of the Senate. It's, uh, it really is crazy. Darren and Jackson wants to know, are they going to sick the, the Gestapo on McCarthy? Because it appears he may have skipped or maybe didn't clap for Zelensky. I think he was there. He just didn't clap. 
But let's be clear again, Senator Wicker did support the bill, voted in favor of it, and Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith voted against it. Now it will be sent over to the House. I feel pretty confident that uh, our Republican delegation seated in the House, three of our four members of the House, congressmen, are going to vote against the bill. Of course, Congressman Benny Thompson will vote in favor of it. No no doubt about that. Someone did send us right on the 601. appreciate that. An article that uh, shows that Benny was among the members of Congress that did skip the State of, a un- a State of the Union address. Let's see, what was that year? It was in 2020. Okay. So, yeah, he... He says, I'm not interested, this is Benny, he tweeted, I'm not interested in listening to this impeached president lie. Therefore, I will not be attending the State of the Union 2020. Jason says, I'm so over this tit-for-tat stuff. We just gave an example, essentially, of that. If it were the other way around and Republicans were in charge, supporting Zelensky, the media's reaction both ways could be flipped. This is why the country is in the shape it is in. It's this constant nagging each other for no other reason than to be nagging each other for profit. I think it's for personal gain. It's politically expedient. It's just eye-poking. It's a, it's a game of never-ending gotcha. really is. Instead of taking care of the people's business in a business-like manner. Could have observed regular order, as we discussed, and waited till. The Republican Congress uh, House is seated in a couple of weeks here and funded the government in accordance with regular order through 12 separate appropriations bills, observing the PAYGO rule passed in 2010, which basically says you can't increase spending without corresponding decreases in other areas or revenues to offset. We just throw that out the window and keep lapping on the debt, and then we're surprised when inflation doesn't moderate and the Fed raises rates and your mortgages go up and your credit cards go up and the cost of capital goes up and the cost of everything you buy goes up. Bo in Indianola says Americans keep putting them back in Washington. It's it's mind-boggling, Bo. I totally agree. Please clap, Jeb. (laughs) Exactly. Remember that. The very second we, says Jason, we quit funding Ukraine and Russia takes over, it'll be the Democrats' weakness versus Republican uh, apathy or whatever narratives. It's disgusting. Some things ought to be bigger than political posturing. They're not as long as we continue to confer the amount of power we have to members of Congress. That's the fundamental problem. They're willing to do, it seems like, almost whatever to stay in office or to get elected, and that tells me we've made it too powerful. When you think about $200 million being spent on a Senate election, $200 million on a runoff, and when you think about that, and as in was the case in Georgia, Pennsylvania, neared that mark as well, uh, Arizona, Nevada, when you think about how much money is being invested, uh, that's the thing that comes to my mind is, for what? For a Senate seat. That means there's too much power, just not, just too much power that we've conferred that's not of the people, by the people, for the people. So it is Christmas in a couple of days here. And one of the things that 
I thought about Rhino from my childhood. It was the first Christmas in space 54 years ago. The first crew to spend Christmas in space was uh, the crew of Apollo 8, which included astronauts Frank Borman, James Lovell, and William Anders. They celebrated the holiday while circling the moon in December 1968. Of course, this was the prelude, the, the test run, if you will, for ultimately landing on the moon, which occurred in 1969, not too many, what, seven months later, July of 1969. This was December 1968, they were the first humans to have left the orbit of Earth, and they really immortalized the event on Christmas Eve. They, they took turns reading opening verses from the Bible's book of Genesis, and they broadcast while they were doing that. There were some background scenes of the moon that they were passing by, the gliding by below, as they were essentially traveling in space suspended it appeared almost as if they were suspended looking at the moon an estimated one billion people across 64 countries were tuned in to their christmas eve broadcast as they left lunar orbit lovell radioed back to earth where he was already where it was already christmas day please be informed there is a santa claus what's really incredible here to me folks is that they read bible verses you think that happened today you think that happened today i don't they'd be criticized people would go to twitter and go nuts the media would go nuts off of their heads they read from the bible you offended millions of people wow we're coming right back in the Element Well Studios down at Carter Jewelers today. We've got Jerry Lake from Carter Jewelers coming on to wrap up the day at 12.50. Stay with us. You're listening to Middays with Gerard. Gerard Gibbert here on Super Talk Mississippi. You better watch out, you better not cry, better not pout, I'm telling you why, Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list and checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's naughty and nice. The chairman of the board bumping us into this segment here. That's right, he sure is. In fact, Santa will be working round the clock this Christmas, but he's going to be listening to Super Talk, a Mississippi Christmas with Steve Azar returns here on Super Talk. Starts at 1 p.m. today, less than half an hour away. Steve will play hours and hours of Christmas classics and tunes from Mississippi artists, plus Christmas memories from Steve's celebrity friends. Really appreciate Steve joining us on middays earlier on in the program today. So, uh, Rhino, what's your plans for Christmas? Well, I'm going to hunker down and probably make some pizza this afternoon and enjoy the cold and then (laughs) get up tomorrow morning and head north into the frozen tundra of Tupelo to spend some time with the family and see all of them and then... I'll turn right back around Christmas afternoon and come back and be here for Monday. There you go. So, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. 
Uh, yesterday, I announced our schedule for next week, and I got it wrong, and I, I apologize for that. We will be live on Monday here on Middays. The best of will air next Friday, but we're going to be live Monday through Thursday, best of Friday. I think the Gallo Show, if I'm not mistaken, it may be best of Monday and live Friday. Is that right? Correct. Uh, the Gallo a, Show yeah. will be a best of on Monday, but middays will be live. You'll be able to hear good things, and Sports Talk will also be live as well. We sure will. We will be in the Element Well Studios, and hopefully by then it won't be frigid. I think it's supposed to move on out of here, is it not? Uh, yeah, it looks like the vast majority of the Magnolia State's going to get out of the uh, under-freezing label about <laughs> mid-morning Sunday, and then the rest of the state up north will be warmed up a little bit by Monday. Yeah. On the 662 ceasefire text line, someone sent us a screenshot of the weather in Iuka. This looks like it was this morning just prior to 7 o'clock. Three degrees. I was bragging about it being 12 or 14 on my thermostat in the house. Three uh, in fact, the wind chill at that time with the wind, I'm looking for the direction uh, or the speed, 12 miles per hour coming out of the northwest, that made the, the temperature feel like minus 14. <laughs> In the screenshot, you see that, Rhino? Oh, yeah. Under the, under the feels like, it says, wind is making it feel colder. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Currently 7 and minus 6 wind chill. That is from a text at 12.09 about 40 minutes ago, 30 minutes ago. That is cold. That is cold. You don't see that very often at all in the Magnolia State. That is for sure. Yeah, when I was a kid growing up, this is Darren and Jackson, we had fried squirrel, eggs, biscuits, and squirrel gravy for breakfast every Christmas. I'm going to cook that Christmas morning. Haven't had it in years. Well, good luck with that, Darren. Sounds like uh, quite quite the feast you're going to have. Favorite Christmas movies. Started thinking about that and found a site that ranked Christmas movies. Uh, of course, uh, opinion, speculative. Um, I think It's a Wonderful Life and White Christmas would have to rank up there for me as top Christmas movies. Interestingly enough, Rhino, in this ranking, Die Hard was included. We talked about that <laughs> a few days ago. They've got it listed as number eight, the nineteen ninety, uh, excuse me, nineteen eighty eight thriller, featuring Bruce Willis as New York City policeman John McClane uh, visiting his estranged wife. Come to the coast, have some lunch. I love that. <laughs> that was a great scene. Uh, it's it's a wonderful life. They ranked at number ten. That was released in 1946. They've got topping the list. I don't even know if I've ever heard of this. Meet me in St. Louis. You yeah, that's that the uh, that's the one starring Judy Garland. Oh, Judy Garland. That's right. That's right. Where she she sings. Uh, what have yourself a merry little Christmas? Is it? Oh yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. 
So, yeah, Judy Garland, Margaret, Margaret O'Brien, Leon Ains, Lucille Bremer. 1944. That's number one. The shop around the corner from 1940 ranked number two. It included, uh, it starred James Stewart. So James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart, in two famous, popular, top-rated Christmas movies. And then Miracle on 34th Street, 1947, listed as number three. Tangerine from 2015. I missed that one. You know anything about that? Tangerine. Mm, huh. Can't say I ever saw that one. I'm not familiar with that one. Klaus? I do remember that. 2019. And I believe that was an animated film, if I'm not mistaken. The Nightmare Before Christmas in 1993. That's the stop-motion animation film that often gets attributed to uh, Tim Burton because it's very much in his style, even though... If I'm not mistaken, I don't think he directed it. I think he just produced it. But, yeah, that's that's where the main character, Jack Skellington, is from ah. Halloween Town. And he's sick of yes. Halloween, so he escapes Halloween Town and winds up over in Christmas Land. And he has the song, What's This?, where he's looking at snow and all the presents and the tinsel and everything. And it, it's the... <laughs> It's the crashing together of the the gothic spooky Halloween and the bright and cheerful Christmas. I got it. I like Jack Skellington. I think he's kind of neat. Uh, Tokyo Godfathers. You heard of that one from 23? Number 14. Coming in at number 15, I'll have to say my least favorite Christmas movie, which it just seems... Uh, it seems that it gets aired rather continuously during the Christmas holidays, and that's A Christmas Story from 1983. I don't really care for that one. And uh, It stars Peter Billingsley, Darren McGavin, of course, is, is the father, Melinda Dillon, Ian Petrella. Peter Billingsley, he's the, he's the child, is that right? The um, Correct. Uh, the, the, the bespeckled, blonde-headed. I just didn't care for that. How about you? You liked that one, The Christmas Story? I, I didn't mind it growing up, but after the the TV networks decided to make it into a 24-hour marathon, I've, I'm telling you. I've gotten kind of burnt out on it. But I, I hadn't heard of Tokyo Godfathers, but I'm, I'm going to have to add that to a list <laughs> simply because apparently the movie, it's an anime movie out of Japan, came okay. out in 2003. Apparently, it was inspired by an old John Wayne movie called The Three Godfathers that came out back in 1948, which is one of my favorite John Wayne movies. Okay. How about that? That's unbelievable. I, all right. Well, you give us a report on that one. Uh, I, I never heard of it until I reviewed this list, but it's up there. Uh, a couple of other ones I just saw here. I've yet that to I hear were. my favorite. I would have to say my favorite Christmas movie okay. is Jingle All the Way. It came out in the mid-90s with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Simbad fighting back and forth over who could find their kid, the Turbo Man action figure that was the hot item, hot ticket item of the year. It was also, it was kind of poking fun at the Tickle Me Elmo craze. 
Yeah. But it was right there in, in Arnold Schwarzenegger's heyday where he, he wasn't just doing the Conans and the Terminators. He was trying to <laughs> branch out and do more. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Phil Hartman, one of Phil Hartman's last movies where he played the the creepy neighbor. But yeah, that was that's one of my favorite, if not my if not the favorite movie I have for Christmas. Okay. Uh yeah, I I do remember that, and uh, it's not on the list, but I agree. You know, here's another one that you don't think about as a Christmas movie that I thought was a pretty good movie. Edward Scissorhands. Scissorhands, pardon me. Edward Scissorhands from 1990. Johnny Depp. I mean, that's pretty much what propelled him to fame, wasn't it? That oh, would yeah. be his role in that movie. And you have to admit, incredible acting performance is uh, Edward Scissorhands and uh, Vincent Price, uh, known for the um, the horror movies. Um, kind of horror movies sometimes, but that's pretty much what he's known for. Winona Ryder also in that flick. And Vincent Price is the one who builds Edward Scissorhands, but that's listed as the number 18th all time. What I don't see on here is uh, I don't see a Christmas Carol, and I'm thinking about the movie version of that that starred uh, Bill Murray. Remember that one? Scrooge. Uh, Scrooge, yeah, Scrooge. That was the name of it. Of course, it's it's built around its... It's it's based on A Christmas Carol, the famous Dickens novel. But, uh, yeah, Scrooge, Bill Murray, that's not on the list. That was pretty good. We're stepping aside for a break. Final segment when we return at Carter Jewelers. Jerry Lake's going to tell us what's going on down here again. Lots of folks pouring in here, and they're walking out happy. Stay with us. You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back, everyone. Midday, Super Talk Mississippi, live at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson on a blustery, brisk, cold day. But that is not stopping folks from coming in the store and doing some business here, Jerry. Well, it's, uh, am I on here? Yeah, yeah you're on. It's, uh, you know, it's really a beautiful, cold day. Uh, it's, and, you know, I think the roads are safe. So yeah. it's, it's, uh, if you got a good coat and you warm your car up, I, I think you can, uh, you can make some, uh, progress. And you can park right here in front of the store. <laughs> That's right. And, uh, I, Gerard, and I'm sure he told you we're at, we're at Carter Jewelers Christmas sale. This is probably, uh, according to our historic mark out there, <laughs> we've had over 150 of them, I'd say, uh, but it's uh, this is a specially good one. Uh, it's uh, I, I made some really incredible buys from uh, a buddy of mine who works in the closeout department of, of the the largest diamond jewelry manufacturer in the world. And uh, anyway, they had uh, this uh, this summer and this fall and probably spring. You know, the economy was slowing down, and and for whatever reasons. They had a lot of cancellations, and he said that their uh, he their closeout department was loaded, and he said uh, they were had big incentives to move a lot of that product. He said, "I need to come up to New York," 
Actually, they're in Secaucus. They've got a huge, yeah. huge building there, just right there by New York. But anyway, I went up there, and uh, I, I, <laughs> I found some of the prettiest stuff at the best prices. We even bought diamond solitaires, diamond stud earrings. Uh, all their products, is di- it's a diamond company. And so, anyway, I went to the after that. I went to the jewelry show in Las Vegas, and I found that my vendors were, you know, their new prices and everything were running about double what I was paying for the closeouts. And heck, I just uh, I just made reservations uh, some weeks later to go back up there and bought as much as we could buy between our two stores and the two buys at retail. It was I think it was over a million dollars. They they that's the way we were able to do that they kind of they gave us some extended terms which you know we're having to pay which well, thank that means god you we, need to make we, deals and sell stuff well let me tell you we've got deals and, and also uh yeah we, we've reduced a lot of our regular inventory a lot more than what we normally do and we have you know a lot of people think well they can't afford you know diamond jewelry or things here at carter jewelers but i mean we've got We've got cases of jewelry under a hundred and under two hundred dollars, and we're gift wrapping everything beautifully. Uh, and, and it's I think you're going to find it to be some of the prettiest jewelry you've ever seen at the best prices. I, I think if you've got uh, if you got somebody, you might need to be, be in the market for a, a piece of fine jewelry. You ought to come check us out. I, I think you're going to love the prices. You're going to love the selection. You know, you're gonna. It, it's some beautiful things. I handpicked every piece of this. I mean, think. Don't think it was some junk closeout stuff. This was brand new, fresh, gorgeous stuff that I, I looked at, and we're passing those savings on to our customers. And and uh, anyway, we you ought to take a look. We've got uh, and. and some people who come here and parking can be hard to come by, but we have an extra parking lot next door uh, that Baptist allows our customers. And I've got security outside directing traffic. So anyway, uh, we got front door parking, and uh, and so it's uh, good deals. You know, Christmas is just uh, a, a few minutes away here. So, but you got time, and you got great staff too helping people. Yeah, out. thank you, Jordan. I I think uh, we got a lot of great people working here, and and I you know, I think the difference in them and a lot of, I'm not trying to say anything about anybody else, but I mean that they care. You're permitted yeah. to boast about your yeah. team. Well, I mean, I, I think we've got some great. Great people that do work here, and they they care, and they they try to treat everybody. I think the same way they want to be treated. And I've watched it. Yeah, and uh, I, it's uh, you know that's uh, that's about the best we can. That's what we try to do. And you got the promotion and, going on. Tell me. Oh about that. yeah, let me tell you. Yeah, spend a thousand dollars or more. We've got vouchers that we're giving away that are good for. I mean, this is incredible. Uh, it's a round trip for two. You're either Vegas or Orlando, Florida, and it, it includes hotel accommodations. It's, uh, I don't know how in the world that by this travel agency is, is doing that. I think probably they, they're getting monies from somebody, the Las Vegas or the hotels or mm-hmm. Disney, but anyway, it's a great deal. Just a thousand bucks. Hey, you can't, you can't even buy a couple of Good airplane tickets for a thousand dollars. And you, you get a, go, a piece of beautiful jewelry. And so, uh, you know, we got big selection. It's Christmas. Gift wrapping, front door parking. I mean, we're two blocks from the Capitol, 
downtown Jackson at the corner of State and High Street and the Pemberton Plaza in Vicksburg, Mississippi. And uh, listen, I appreciate all the all the a lot of your customers come in and say, Jordan, that they heard it from from you guys. Good, you know, uh, on uh, Super Talk. So anyway, I appreciate all you Super Talk uh, listeners and cu- and and customers out there, and they're probably about to. About to run me off the time. I they, they be in the computer. <laughs> they be in the, yeah, Gerard wants he wants you to know it's not him. <laughs> Appreciate it, Jerry. Thanks for having us. I hope you guys have a great, yeah. uh, great Christmas. year. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas to you and all of you out yeah. there. Bye bye. And to our listeners, we're out of here today. We thank you so much for joining us today and being part of the show and making it successful. Merry Christmas. Stay safe and God bless everyone. Well, I don't- Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.